Turn it up. Get ready. You're tuned in to VO Buzz Weekly. Weekly. The show where aspiring voice actors, established VO pros, and curious fans alike get to meet and learn from the mega successful talent in voiceover. Hear their personal stories. Find out how they became so successful. Learn their secrets and join them at the top. Our show is always awesome. I love that. Uh, yes, we do. And on the show today, we have Harry Dunn. Uh, if you guys don't know who he is, we're talking TV promos, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And Writer, he's got some producer, really, director. Oh, gosh. Unbelievable information for you guys. You're going to freaking love it. And would you tell us a little bit about this? Oh, yes. Well, Rodney Salisbury. Awesome VO talent coach. He's been on our show, so look back in the archives. Absolutely. Rodney has written yet another book, uh, Tongue Twisters and Vocal Warm-Ups, with other vocal care tips. Ah, he is uh-huh. always wanting to give back and help, and it's a great read. It's got some fun stuff and obviously some very, very yeah, and the good cool, tips in here. So. Exactly, and the cool thing is that I, I, we've actually heard from a few people who have incorporated some of these tongue twisters and techniques, mm-hmm. and they said it was awesome. They like wake up in the morning now, they have their coffee, mm-hmm. and they practice on tongue twisters before they warm up for yeah. their for their for their, uh, their for their auditions and stuff. So if you want to pick one of these up, mm-hmm. you can get it at Amazon. And if you want an autograph copy, then you can go to RodneySalisbury.com and he will send that to you with a little shipping and handling. Not too much. Absolutely. Um, and also there is a Kindle version. Yes. So check it out. So uh, check it out. Rodney Salisbury's new book. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we're going to talk to Harry Dunn. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. <laughs> Let's go. Guys, our guest is a promo writer, director, producer at the CW Network. He is also a sought-after private coach and respected workshop presenter. Are you ready to get buzzed, take some notes, have some fun, and just have your world rocked by the best of the best? Mr. Harry Dunn. Harry Dunn! Sup? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. How it's are you? Sup. Is that it's your... Fun. No, I that was just improvised. Are you in a gang? He's an ad libber. Are you in a gang or? Yes, I'm in a gang. I'm, I'm the, the bald white people's gang. The promo it, gang. We are fierce, but we are proud. <laughs> we are fierce, but we are proud. Fantastic. Well, listen, I'm going to start off by saying yeah. that you know we know that you're a busy guy, man. Yeah. You know you got a lot of stuff going on, and so thank you for taking your time coming out and sharing with all of us. Uh, we appreciate that. We're going to talk fast. He has to go back to the to the network. It, he has to go. So back. we had to get him on call tonight. Uh, He's on a I call. am not on call tonight. You have me at your beck and call. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Harry Dunn. Um, I'm going to get right into it, man. You started as a trailer writer editor uh, for Canon Films, directing some of the giants like Don LaFontaine, Pardo, um, Mark, uh, Elliott. Mark Elliott, among probably others. How did that, tell us a little bit about that, because it's really, really cool, and then how did you go from there to the CW? Okay, well, the great thing about Canon Films was that it was just, it was like grad school, because the films were were low-budget pieces of crap, Mm. and our job as trailer editors was to put lipstick on those pigs. Right. Okay, so 
I mean, how many times can you refresh American Ninja 30 or Missing in Action 27, okay? Yeah. So I went in there, and a very good friend of mine named Mark Pritchard gave me my first job, and all I was doing was rewinding film, and that it goes back to that era. And then one day uh, he needed a cut on something, and I was back on the Steenbeck era of uh, editing, and so I did this uh, thing for this movie for Canon Films, and it worked out okay, and then Mark said, okay, you're a full-time editor. So wow. I have just done like that? just like you that. You did that good of a job he was gifted. instantly. You gifted. know what? It was a it was a job of twenty five year old guys, twenty three year old guys, yeah. and we were the bomb. It was so mm -hmm. fun. I, I, you know, we you know we'd meet, we'd hang out with, talk to Menahem and Yoram, Menahem Golan and Yoram Globus, who were the owners of the company, and you know, it, how do you put lipstick on this pig? So, and I just remember one of the things we would do is we'd get this high-end talent. And I, there I was, I was 23, 24 years old, and I had, here's the story, I had Mark Elliott and Don LaFontaine back-to-back. -back. Wow. Now, back in that day, uh, LaFontaine went around in his limousine from job to job, okay? Mm -hmm. And Mark Elliott was up first. And back in that day... Everybody got scale plus ten, scale plus ten, with the exception of LaFontaine, who got triple scale. Okay, mm -hmm. so LaFontaine walks into the session. I'm sitting with Elliot, and, the, and Elliot's contract, his SAG contract, is out on the table. And Don LaFontaine looks at and goes, "They're only paying you that much." <laughs> Whoops. Now, Mark Elliott, to his credit, and he's a wonderful man, burst out laughing because he knew who, who yeah. LaFontaine was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, They're only paying you that much. We're only paying you that. But he was the only guy in town that got yeah. triple scale. And right. he gave who you two takes. Yeah. He gave you two takes. And look at me. I'm 23 years old. Yeah. I'm like, okay, Mr. LaFontaine. Can I? And I actually <laughs> heard the words come out of my mouth. Could I get another one for insurance? Oh! Could I get but, you know, you're 23. And I don't know. Yeah. And then, uh, so... I got my insurance takes, but I directed him probably <laughs> ten times. Wow. I mean, but it was it took all of eight minutes. Did he say anything about the insurance take? <laughs> no, because he kind of felt sorry for me. He go okay, and then he'd do the second read, and it was pretty Did he give much you an the same eyebrow, as the first. <laughs> I know, because he was in a booth and I couldn't really see in, and I was okay. at this thing, and I was trying to be like a, a big macher, you know, like a twenty-three-year-old guy yeah. working down Lafontaine, and that was just an I can just epic imagine. Fail. He was like, I have out. thirty more seconds. I could give. Yeah, you I can just imagine what Don was doodling while he was asking. Yeah, him that. doing his crossword. Yeah, 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 and it wasn't like the copy was any great shakes, you know. It's yeah. Chuck Norris is missing in action. <laughs> Part 49. That's I literally fantastic. think there was, in honor of the great Lake Bell movie, there was a time where I actually wrote the words in a world to start really? a trailer. Wow. It's, what else do you, you do in your 20s, you know? Yeah, exactly. Mm. You write in a world because you don't know any better. <laughs> yeah. And he'd be, in a world. You know, so. <laughs> so, it was fun. You know, a lot of great people went through there. And I tell you, there was one voiceover, and I will not say his name because of this story, and you understand why. You had to get him exactly at 11 o'clock in the morning because by noon he was whiskey drunk. Oh. So. What does he, his first name start with? I, I, he, you know what? I don't want to get sued here. If you got him at 10, he was way too hungover to do the spot. Okay. Yeah. And if you got him at noon, he was drunk. So if you didn't get him exactly at 11 o'clock. No way. And he had this, he, he was an older man with this warm, avuncular voice. He would do like, <laughs> like children's. You know, mm. fairy tales. He would do that kind of voice, that warm read. Mm. <laughs> he was hammered, like every time. <laughs> so, and I, one time, years later, I was working for this wonderful woman named Barbara Glazer, super talented, yep. super smart woman. At, uh, before she went to Ant Farm, and we got this gentleman, but we couldn't get him till three. 
Uh-oh. And he went into the booth, and and then when he came out, Barbara was standing by the thing, and she just went, whoo! And it was just like the whole booth reeked of whiskey. And like, not whiskey like you poured the bottle out, whiskey like coming through your pores. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. sweat whiskey. Mm. And so, he, I mean, this dude was hammered. Wow. But we got the read out of him. He could perform like that? I mean, was it? He had been doing it for decades. Oh. Holy so. Makes you wonder if he wasn't. What well, he happened? was Irish, so God bless oh. my yeah. people. Well, you, if you're <laughs> Irish, you're okay, then you have to drink like that. You can't exactly do anything right. else. Oh, drink. boy. Uh, but but I did, they think. And I did yeah. get the chance to direct Don Pardo. Now, the, now, obviously, he was living in New York. He was doing Saturday Night Live, as you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. But the cool thing about Don Pardo is he volunteered to do a voice message for me. Now, you remember back in the olden days, you would hit record on your cassette, and you'd say, mm -hmm. Chuck Duran is not in at the moment, but if you please leave a message, whatever. Right. Yeah. So he goes, Harry Dunn is not in at the moment, but if you'd like to leave a message, leave it at the tone. Thank you. And, and then, yeah, yeah. so right. I had that for years, and of course, that technology went obsolete, and mm. thus the Don part of You're like, I can't use my cassette yeah. anymore? No. Um, but how nice of him, just, he didn't have to yeah, do that. Absolutely, yeah. man, that's really so, nice. Yeah. Well, he so, must have liked it. Did you ask him to do that, or...? Did you pay him to do that? I did not pay him to well, do he that. He volunteered. He yes. volunteered to do that. Very he was nice. just a nice guy. So yeah. uh, well, all the stories you hear was that he was a very gracious. Yeah. He was very gracious, gracious and he did. I don't think he did a lot of LA promo work. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, he was mainly Saturday Night Live and, yeah. and yeah. that kind of stuff. So yeah. So flying high on your directing the greats, then what happened? Where did you go from there? Well, I did Canon films for a number of years, and then I got into TV writing, mm -hmm. and I wrote for a number of shows. In fact, I am technically and an Emmy-nominated writer for my time on A Living Color. Technically. <laughs> well, is that what? How does that Can work? You technically, is every writer on the staff gets nominated for an Emmy. In that particular episode, I don't think I had a sketch in the show. Mm. So I say that. But anyways, and then um, the problem with writing for TV is this, is the shows get canceled, and then you're out of work until next May. Yeah. yeah. And I had a family, and I remember I was on a show over at the Disney Studios that was canceled three days before Halloween. Oh, wow. no. No candy for you, kid. So from Halloween all the way to May, wow. I didn't have any work. And so it was a feast or famine business. Mm -hmm. So I had a, uh, a friend of mine who, uh, whose son played on a hockey team with my son, and mm -hmm. he was a guy at the CW, the then the WB. Right. Okay. And he had torn his ACL. His name is Steve Block. He's a great friend of mine, great guy. He had torn his ACL, and, he, and his leg was up like this, and he could not slide into an avid because he yeah. had to keep his leg. So he was just going to write, and he asked me to come in and just edit. And then from there, I was able to start my career at the WB. Yeah, and you've been there since, what, 2002? I have been there since 2002, yeah. living the dream. Wow. Living the dream. Are you being sarcastic or for real? I am being for real. You okay, make the call. Okay, good. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Look at the halo around him. I, there is a halo. The dream halo. All right, Harry Dunn, dream maker. So <laughs> there, are, <laughs> there are different schools of thought, and we would like to get your opinion. Yes. About. Oh, okay. Yeah, about, guess what I'm thinking. No, about the concept of should you just sort of stay in one lane do one thing well or do you really need to be a jack of all trades when it comes to promo voicing okay so when it comes to promo voicing i think it is a mistake to only do one thing because you are pigeonholing yourself now example obviously if you're don pardo you don't want to cast him to do a horror read right but at the same time and because you would cast don lafontaine to do a horror read right? right but i could totally hear don lafontaine opening saturday night live yeah. Okay, it, you know, Don Pardo had a very specific sound, a very specific thing he did. But um, 
I, I, I just think it's really important that you be able to use, and I teach this a lot in my classes, is how to use your timber to your advantage, your timber being your, your, the, your vocal range. Because you can do a read that's just like this, or you can cut your volume in half and do a read just like this. And you get the same effect, you know? Right. So one read is up like, so if you're doing a demo and you're doing a Disney Channel read like this, well, why can't you do an FX read like this with this? Oh, but just by dropping your timber, dropping your volume, mm -hmm. yeah. and doing it in this mm -hmm. voice. Right. So that's a lot of what I like to teach. So the answer to your question is, yes, you can be a jack of all trades if you know how to use your timber, if exactly. you know how to use your volume, right. and if you know how to act. The one thing, the one mistake I think a lot of promo VOs make is they don't understand the acting aspect of what they do. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's a mistake to think you just walk into a studio and say a bunch of words. It, it's, right. You would be shocked at how many people... Just say a bunch of words. I, yeah. I teach this one thing in my class, and, and that I, I have this one proverb, I should say, and that is, and we're going to talk about voice bank right now, if that's okay. Mm -hmm. Sure. Which is something I just flat out refuse to use. It's just, it's just anathema to me. And that is, when you go on voice bank, you will hear five voices that you like, and you will call their five respective agents and say, hey, I want this guy, this is great. And the agent will not only give you that voice, but piggyback 10 other people on the read. Mm -hmm. So all of a right. sudden, instead of having five reads to listen to, you, you now have 55 reads to listen to. And I tell this to every student of mine, and 50 of them make the exact same mistake. Make the exact same mistakes in the reads, and five of them get it. And then it's just down to what the good Lord gave you. You know, Is your yeah. voice right for the spot once you've narrowed down that five? Mm -hmm. okay? yeah. and, and what are some of the mistakes that, that people do? Reading words. Reading words. Yeah. Reading words, just without any inflection. Um, I go through, in my lessons, a, a very serious work on each word. Adjectives. I, you know, as, a, as a writer, as a guy who writes these promos, who directs these VO people, I know what I'm looking for. Absolutely. And all my lessons are from the point of view of me, the promo producer. How do, you, how do I make you deliver what I'm looking for? Yeah. Okay. The story. Adjectives. Okay. Is it, is it a, uh, like, we were doing a spot for a show called Supernatural, and I worked with my students on this. Yeah. And it, it's like... And a very big bad wolf. What kind of a wolf is it? A bad wolf. What kind of a bad wolf is it? A big bad wolf. What kind of a big bad wolf is it? A very big bad wolf. Right. If you sit there and go, and a very big bad wolf, you're not taking advantage of your adjectives. And a very big bad wolf. Right. You know, but you'd be surprised how people blow over that. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Retail. Retail is a big part of, of mm -hmm. what's important in a script. And by retail, I'm talking about the name of the show, if the lead actor's name comes up, or the lead character's name, excuse me, is it a season premiere? Is it a season finale? Day, date, time, and most importantly, on the CW. That's our retail. You'd be surprised how many times, like, Top Model is back. and But no, no, what's the name of the show? Top Model, and then is back. What does is back mean? It means it it's was, a season premiere. Yeah. It's yeah. back. Big. It's back. It's big. So I say that's retail. Top Model is back. So right. I've hit my retail on both occasions there, mm -hmm. all right? So I talk a lot about hitting retail, hitting adjectives, and then I do a little thing called the dismount. And this is a good one. Stick the landing. That's right. I say, <laughs> do you watch the Olympics? And everybody says, yes, mm. we watch the Olympics. Mm. Do you watch female gymnastics? And they all say, most people say yes. I yeah. said, are you familiar with the balance beam? And they go, of course. And I go, what is the one and only thing people remember about the balance beam? And the answer is the dismount. Whether or not she mm -hmm. sticks the landing. Every sentence ends with a dismount, okay? Yeah. And if you don't hit the dismount, if you don't have some sort of inflection, some sort of punctuation in that dismount, then you're throwing away words. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I wish I had a script in front of me. I'm just trying to think of one off the top of my head. Uh, uh, 
Well, because a lot of promos are not, some are very wordy and some aren't. So you have just a, yeah. sometimes minimal real estate to really tell that story. Yeah. Right. So it's very, even especially in those crucial, maybe there's three lines with three words each line. I mean, there's not a lot that right. you yeah. have to work with. And also, see, another thing I do is I do it from the point of view of that blind audition script that your agent sends you. Okay. Mm -hmm. You've got two hours to read this and get it back to me. And I am of a big believer that all the answers lie on the page, okay? Mm -hmm. all, whether or not there's dialogue there, whether or not it's not, you just got to learn how to interpret the script and, 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 and adjust your read accordingly, okay? Right. They're not, like when I do a CW audition, I have my dialogue written in there and uh, so it helps them a lot. Oh, the, that's the, nice because you right? don't have it. Yeah. But I've, I've had uh, clients email me a script that's just like, uh, make it warm and, com make it conversational, which is, something we'll get into later, <laughs> the conversational thing. And it's just like, so what do you do? Well, well, go through the rules, you know, what's it about, you know, what What do you think the dialogue would be at this moment? It, it's like, it's a show, I think there was a spot for uh, suits, and it was like, uh, and and plenty of bars, and you, you automatically think that it's, that these guys are going to get drunk, but I said, well, maybe the plenty of bars is a jail cell Prison bar, bars, yeah. and read it like that. Right. You know, you know, that's just the answer lies on the page. You mm -hmm. know, yeah. so I try to talk to teach them how to interpret a page. Yeah, and because that's again, when you don't take the time to interpret the page, mm -hmm. when you don't figure out your adjectives, when you don't figure out your retail, when you don't figure out your dismounts, you are reading words. Yeah, right. And I think that that a, a big that's problem. Right with that is that a lot of, especially guys, they think it's about the voice. Mm -hmm. Right. They think that they're going to get that job because right. they have this big sounding voice. promo voice, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is never the deal. Not anymore, right? Right. You're looking for the read. You're looking for the story. You're looking for, you You want to tease the audience to hear this thing and go like, I got to see that. Right. Right? Exactly. Now, I'm going to circle back to your jack-of-all-trades thing, because mm -hmm. I did a session with Rena Romano, who is one of our oh, stalwarts, yeah. and he is yeah. just a fantastic VO, mm -hmm. and he's a truly wonderful guy. Yeah. He yeah. wrote a beautiful uh, beautiful blurb for my website. Thank you, Rena. That was very kind words you said about me. And I was directing him in a comedy read, and uh, I wanted him to do what I call a contrapuntal read to that. And uh, I didn't want him to be funny because the dialogue was funny. Right. And so, and, but his initial instincts were to read it a little funny. And I just, and this is perfect about the Jack Alders. I said, hey, here's my note. I said, hey, Rena, remember the Mazda ad you did? Do it like that. Now, for those who don't know the Mazda ad, if you hear, what do you drive? That's Reno, okay? Danny Thomas, St. Jude's, here at Mazda, what do you drive? That's, that's his campaign. Right. Okay? Mm -hmm. So he goes, oh, Next take, exactly what I wanted. He just did it like that. You know, he did the comedy read like that. Yeah. Because the jokes were coming from the dialogue. Right. I don't need yeah. anything. Right. Now, so, that, so that's why you can be a jack of all trades. How can you tell a guy who does a Mazda commercial in a very serious voice to do a comedy read? Because Reno is a jack of all trades. He yeah. can do it all. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So that's a great example of being a jack of all trades. Mm -hmm. Now, Another thing I talk about in the lessons, since we brought this thing up about this read, is I bring up Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. Mm. And most of the people know who they are, but <laughs> the young people look at me with that vacuum. They're like, huh? <laughs> How many Twitter followers do they have? Exactly. <laughs> A lot. But, but for those who don't know, <laughs> Dean Martin was the straight man and Jerry Lewis was the wild one. Okay. Right. So if... The, so you look at every script, whether it's a horror script, whether it's a drama script, whether it's a comedy script, you got to figure out who is Dean Martin and who is Jerry Lewis. Because if it's a comedy script, 
and you're trying to be as funny as the jokes, yeah. it's yeah. chaos. It's like yeah. Dean Martin trying to be funny when Jerry Lewis is funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so you have to, that's another thing that people don't do is who is Dean Martin yeah. and who is Jerry Lewis in every yeah. script. Now, most every kind of promo has a Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis with the exception of a quote spot. Because the quote spot, they're going off in two parallel directions. The, the VO is talking and telling you how great the show is by what the by the attributes, the quotes right. and the attributes. Yeah. Right. While the show, while the dialogue is is telling you like what's going on in the episode. So yeah. they're running in two parallel directions. Mm -hmm. Aside from that, somebody's always Dean Martin and somebody's always Jerry Lewis in these spots. Let's keep going on the audition realm. You listen to a lot of auditions, so what? Let's talk about what stands out to you. What do you feel is lacking? what is happening that shouldn't be happening. Can you just kind of give us an idea of what what gets you down to those top five guys uh, or gals? All right, so now we're getting into the wonderful world of demos, I guess. Are you talking about once they've read from me or, or listening to the demos that no, precede no, it? No, just listening to the, the auditions that they're sending in. Listen to the auditions um, that they're yeah, What is it that's gonna get you to go like, okay, that's really good, that really stands out? It's the same old thing, can they act? Are they hitting their retail? Are they hitting their adjectives? Do they have a point of view in the read? Right. Are they trying to are they trying to be as funny as the comedy or are they setting up the comedy? Are they doing a contrapuntal read, meaning the opposite of what the dialogue is? Exactly. That's kind of stuff. It's just mm -hmm. I, you know, and I've talked to I talked to a lot of really high-end VO guys. I have a, one of my clients goes by his name Justin Dustin James. I call him Dustin Layton because that's his real last name. Just an absolutely terrific guy. He was my first client. And he was so good, he got the Heart of Dixie campaign. And, and like, it is so hard to break into the CW. And this guy was so good, he got it in one. All right, so, but Dustin and I have, have talked about this stuff, and he, he's just really surprised at how people just gloss over words. And, uh, yeah. you know, and, uh, it just, you know, he, he gets it. He works so hard. I, I, I will go do lessons at his house, and he's yeah. got this beautiful setup, and he works so hard, and he's so smart, and he's... Just the people that pay attention to detail are yeah. the ones that are going to succeed. The ones who just think they got a good voice and are just going to wing it. Yeah. Oh, Forget man. about it. Yeah. Oh, man. yeah. Well, yeah. let's talk about demos. Because um, I know that you you wanted to kind of dive in there and, and really, and this is really important. This is like a tool. Uh, a lot. First of all, I, sometimes I'm surprised that a lot of people don't even pay attention to what they put on a demo. Right. There's so sometimes there's so little thought that goes into the most important tool that you could possibly have as a voice right. actor. So l give us your 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 views on the whole demo. Okay, um, I think there are some myths to the demo, and that the first myth is that people like me, the promo producers, are only going to listen to five or ten seconds of a demo. Right. No, we are only going to listen to five or ten seconds of a demo that sucks. Right. Uh, five or ten <laughs> seconds of a demo where the voice is wrong. Exactly. If it's if I'm intrigued, I'll, listen, what's the longest a demo runs? A minute and a half? Like, mm. I don't have ADD that badly that I can't go, this is really good. 90 Maybe seconds. I do have ADD that badly. <laughs> no, I don't have ADD that badly. I can listen to 90 seconds of a demo. It mm. doesn't have to be. And uh, But if you're like Reno or my friend Dustin, they, they who, you know, Reno does 1,200 spots a year. So his, re his thing is going to be five seconds of this, five seconds of this, five seconds of this. Okay, but if you're just starting out, okay, and you're trying to get Heather over at uh, Atlas to sign you, or one of those big agents like her, um, you, you've got to have spots that play out, okay? Mm -hmm. I've done exactly three demos in my life for my customers, which, as you all know, is what Chuck gets <laughs> done by lunch, okay? 
But in the three demos, I just was very specific about what I wanted to do. I wanted them to always have a prestige read. Yeah. First guy I did was a guy named Dave Cravassier, who you know. Yeah. He's a man in his late 40s, early 50s. Right off the bat, I had him do uh, Men of a Certain Age. Right. Very prestigious mm -hmm. uh, TNT show back in the day. Right. Then another client of mine, Chris Turbeville, um, I had him do Togetherness, which is the HBO show. Yeah. And that spot went over so well with Atlas, he called me and said that he went from two auditions a week to six auditions a week and offered to take me to dinner. And nobody offers to take me to dinner. Mm. So, so what you're saying is that yeah. you want people to take you to dinner. <laughs> That's okay. Very just offer. Very, just offer. Very angry. And then uh, this, I just did one for a guy in Asheville, North Carolina named Dan Friedman. And I, I started him off with Orange is the New Black and Justified. Mm -hmm. And Heather heard it and she has been on the fence about this guy and she loved it. And she wrote yeah. me this email saying, I loved it. And then in all caps with exclamation points, a lot. Yeah. So it's just, you know, it just you just can't just throw in a bunch of reality shows and you don't want it to be noise. Yeah. You know, it's just, there's just really things. And let it be 90 seconds. Let it be 90 seconds if you've got really cool stuff on it. If you've got oh, yeah. Orange and you got Justified and you got some cool reality show, LA Inc. or something, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you, you throw in a Disney Channel thing so you can get your high timber read in there. You yeah. know, and just, but let's, six spots, minute and a half, let some of the dialogue play, you know. Yeah. You know, so... It's just, it doesn't have to be this, if it's not done in a minute, no one's going to listen to it. Wrong. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because that's exactly it. And I tell people this, because I have, people ask me all the time, well, how do how does somebody know in 10 seconds whether the rest of the demo is going to be good or not? Right. And my answer to that is always this. Okay. You're not a professional. When you go to a karaoke bar and somebody starts <laughs> singing, do you know right away whether they're Three great notes. or not? Yeah. Right. First note, you know, oh, th this person can sing. Right. I'm like, well, what do you think an agent or a professional, somebody like yourself, listens to a demo for 10 seconds? You know if this guy's got chops or not. Right. And if right. he doesn't, you're not going to waste the rest right. of your 90 seconds. If, you're going to move on to something that's good. If they do, then you're going to yeah. keep going. Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing, though. That's, yeah. that's the myth I want to destroy is that we only listen to five or 10 seconds if it's wrong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If it's right, I keep going. Thank you for right clarifying. Right on, I love that. Love it. Um, so uh, who should people go to get a great demo done? You. Besides you. <laughs> oh, no. No, well, this. <laughs> Chuck Durand does lovely demos. I've heard a lot of them. He is the man. <laughs> Just be patient because he right, has 50,000 people on deck. Oh. You think, I only do three. Oh, yeah. He's done three by lunch. Yeah, so, so as long as you All take right. Harry out to dinner, okay, he's gonna work with you. <laughs> We're swerving. We're swerving. You're both no, pretty. Don't I'm fight. Kidding, okay. No. no speaking Ooh. of, um, for someone who wants to buy you dinner, how can someone become a private client of yours? Mm. What's the? Do yeah. you work by Skype? Because we have people all over the world. That... I work almost exclusively by Skype. Beautiful. Uh, okay. Except for Dustin, who lives in Burbank. But otherwise, mm. uh, I work on Skype. And you can go to my website, which is donepromo.com. That is d-u-n-n-promo.com. There it is Easy. on the screen. Good. All right. If there's a graphic coming up. Done promo, put it right here in my hands, donepromo.com. Okay. What, what made you want to, I mean, obviously, you don't, you know, you're not oh. sitting home in your pajamas. What made you want to start coaching? I had no idea this business even existed. Mm. And then in October, the great Heather Virgo from Atlas mm -hmm. said, can I take you to lunch? Because John Wasser, who owns Atlas, said, you know what? And, and Heather was kind of new at, the C, at, the, at Atlas. And he had said, we've never been able to break into the CW. It's all yours. She's like, great. I accept the challenge. Mm -hmm. No agent has 
ever, in all my 20 years in this business, no agent has ever offered to take me to lunch. Just wow. never. And it's not that I'm a food whore or anything. It's just, no. you know, just <laughs> yes. no one ever bothered to call. What I'll do is get those group emails saying, hi, Harry, Dime. Our clients did this, this, and this, and this this week. Right. Please not, contact us if you want mm -hmm. to use us. Thank you. Yeah. Harry, done. You know, and, and you're so, like, what about a burrito? Yeah, there's no personal so, touch. Yeah. So what's your favorite kind of food, for, just for everybody to know? Yeah, so they can start I, getting the group I on. Am, uh, <laughs> I, I have no particular preference. Are you a vegetarian? Do you eat oh, meat? Oh, God, no, I'm from Michigan. He likes of course, food I'm not a vegetarian. That's, his favorite Lord. is food that's bought for him. That's his criteria. <laughs> oh. If it, if it once walked Check, and is now dead, I will eat it. Have oh, you ever my. done stand up? No. Yes. Yes. No. I, I, no. <laughs> because you are funny. Nah, I'm only You're funny, a funny in, on VO Buzz Week. Otherwise, okay, I'm, just, okay. I'm just dreadful. No, he's going to do stand-up after he's done with coaching. That, okay, so Heather true. took Heather you to lunch. So we went to lunch, and we started, and I had done these, uh, the great Marilyn Wizard. There's a lot of great yes. people, but Marilyn yeah. Wizard is particularly a lovely woman. She and I have known each other mm -hmm. because our kids went through elementary school together, so I've known her a long time, and I did some of her workshops over at Voice Tracks. Look her up. Voices voice casting. She is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so Heather knew of me because a bunch of her Atlas clients had taken my seminar. Mm -hmm. So when we were talking at lunch, she goes, why don't you do this as a private lesson? And I went, I, I don't know. So, well, I don't know. So I just stopped and thought about it, and I figured out the curriculum. I knew what drives me insane. And yeah. I, so I called her back and said, listen, if I do this, this is my point of view. I want to do it from a promo producer. And... and and help people with their audition scripts because I know what fails. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So my lessons are exclusively from the point of view of the promo producer. You know, I'm not going to teach you, you know, how to do dialects. Okay? Mic technique, yeah. and you, know? you have to have yeah, yeah. a certain level no, of skill brilliant. to That's come brilliant. to you. This is strictly about how to, like I said before, there's 55 people who do my reads. 50 of them fail because they don't know what they're doing. Five know what they're doing. I will teach you how to become one of those five. That is what I do. That's fantastic. Sign me up, baby. Right? I'm there. Well, technically, this would be close part one, take one. That means that's the end of part one. We'll be back <laughs> next week with part two. You're weird. <laughs> we will be back next week. In the meantime, keep up with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. And you can also find us on YouTube. We love you guys. Thanks for watching. And just remember, you, you always, always have, have time for a little buzz. buzz. Don't just listen to VO Buzz Weekly. Watch the show in stunning HD video at VOBuzzWeekly.com, on their YouTube channel, or on the app. VO Buzz Weekly is sponsored by Chuck Duran's Demo That Rock. Rock. The voiceover demo producer to the stars is now available to you. Visit DemosThatRock.com and take your voiceover career to the next level. See you next time. And remember, you always have time for a little buzz.